Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to the Chopped Guillotine Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Harrison. We have a very special guest on today. It is not every day that you have someone who professionally works for a professional sports team. This is my good friend, Grant Hamelman. Grant, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Honored to be on here. Super excited. So would you like to go ahead and tell the people who you work for, what you do for them? Yeah, so uh, yeah, this summer I, uh, I entered for the Milwaukee Brewers. I did uh, research and development up there. Just honestly, a really cool experience uh, working in their front office. Uh, been a dream since I was in high school to work professionally in sports, and uh, I got the opportunity, so it's just super exciting. Really, really fun summer. Yeah, it's awesome. Sounds great. You do a lot of um, like statistical player analysis for them, right? Yeah, yeah, something along those lines. Not sure how deep I can really get into it without getting in trouble. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> That's totally reasonable. <laughs> Totally reasonable. But the reason I bring that up is because I just, you know, I've got a question for you. As someone who makes their living examining sports analytics and statistics, how is it that after we drafted our startup guillotine league, after week one, we were uh, were short one Grant Hamilton? (laughs) Oh, man. I... I don't know where to start. I feel like you just got to walk the people through the draft. But I will. <laughs> I, I have to say, I I came into this draft blind. I hadn't been following football yet, and all mm. of a sudden it was time to draft for this guillotine league, which I never heard of before. Yeah. And I I came up with you know what I thought was some kind of strategy in like a few hours for the draft, and uh, I think as you'll see as we talk through this uh, this draft, it was not 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 my uh, not my finest uh, moment. <laughs> So already getting our listeners a couple of do's and don'ts. The first do and don't is know what a guillotine league is before the day you draft. (laughs) Second thing, probably don't do what he just did. So we've got a pretty standard format when it comes to the interview shows about the people who had a, you know, had their guillotine season and how it got cut short and what happened. We always start off with the draft. Walk me through your first two picks and the thought process behind them. You had the sixth overall pick? Yeah. Okay. So let me let me proceed this statement by there wasn't enough thinking being done here. Um, hmm. So I'd say the, the strategy, as I kind of thought about wanting to make it the full season, I think I kind of, so I watched the season play out like after the draft. I realized I put a lot more importance on the draft and filling out my roster than like with the draft than you actually need because I saw so many players get poached by other teams with like the fab the bucks you know you provide yeah. there so I had in my mind is like I got to get a running back like first round because the the depth there obviously the depth in running backs I mean you've got your few top talents and then it really drops off from there so I had it in my head and the running backs that went in front of me were Jonathan Taylor McCaffrey Eckler and uh, Derek Henry. You know, all, all running backs I would have wanted to take. And so I had the uh, misfortune of drafting Najee Harris at number six. Um, not not my finest pick. Uh, left uh, left Dalvin Cook on the board, left Joe Mixon on the board. Uh, yeah, could have definitely made a better pick there. You could have. Um, I'm surprised you didn't bring it up. If you're, Are you looking at the draft board now? Yeah. Yeah, who's, a, who's the name that went right after? Yeah, him? pick number seven, Justin Jefferson. Uh, very... Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I, remember, I remember in the draft, I was like, I was tempted to take Justin Jefferson, but I was so stuck in my strategy of I want mm-hmm. a running back first round. 
I felt forced to take one, and so that's why I went Najee. And clearly, I went out first week, so uh, not a good <laughs> pick. Uh, it was it was made worse by my round two selection. Oh yeah. Uh, so I will say I got the draft is going pretty quick at this point. I think people in front of me had ideas of who they wanted to pick. And I was like, round two, I was fixed on, okay, I, I'm picking at, what, pick 13 in round two, so that's like pick 30, 31 overall. Yeah, you're at 31 right there. Yeah. So I was I was set on, okay, a lot of the top receivers are gone, but I need, a, I need to find a good receiver. And two seasons ago, I had had, or I guess the season before this draft, I had Deontay Johnson in a regular uh, fantasy league. And mm-hmm. he done he, he had a really good season that year. He did really well for me. Oh, yeah, he was great. Yeah. And so I picked Deontay Johnson, and then I was like, I also have Najee Harris. That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> two two guys who made all their money last year catching really short passes from Ben Roethlisberger. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there are a couple of lessons. We'll, we'll go through a couple of the other picks later. But I think it's less about the quality of picks and more about some of the tactical errors that oh, yeah, were made yeah. here. And how you as a listener can react better in a guillotine draft because now you know that certain things aren't going to work super well. The first of which, you can't reach on a guy because of positional scarcity. Because positional scarcity doesn't exist in a guillotine league. You have guys on the waiver every week. They're good players. Every week, at least one first round pick is dropped onto the waiver wire. Positional scarcity be damned, you take whoever you think is going to have the most points. And the other thing that you don't do is you don't draft two players on the same team. <laughs> not this early, especially. I don't think you do that in any league, not no. just the guillotine league. <laughs> there, you know, I've seen arguments for it for, you know, in deeper redraft leagues or in best ball or, you know, you get a quarterback wide receiver stack and it's like, oh, it's crazy good. The issue that you run into with the guillotine league is that if that team goes up against a tough defense or has a down week or the quarterback gets injured or the quarterback is Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> you're going to run into some problems because you, you don't get those spike weeks and those low weeks out of these players because once you have the low week, you're cooked. You're gone. Yeah. So, especially with your first two picks... Avoid reaching for positional scarcity, and definitely avoid two dudes on the same team. I saw you looking up something over there. What were you looking up? I was looking up. I forgot who the Steelers played week one. Mm. So I obviously had a lot riding on that game. And they they beat the Bengals in overtime and put up twenty three points. But I remember Najee <laughs> Najee didn't do anything that game. They did. That was a wild game. Yeah. Mitch Trubisky beating the almost AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> so interesting. Week one always a little fluky. It always is. The, the bad teams just don't know that they're bad yet. <laughs> Anything can happen. Let's see. You had you had a respectable draft for the most part from there on out. Your third round pick of Brees Hall, he had a really good season, but I think this is just one more pick that we can learn from of just when you're taking a rookie high, it's really, really dangerous in a guillotine league because at the start of your season, you have very shallow rosters most of the guys that you have are you know not guys who you want to start in a regular fantasy league and so when you have a long-term player like a rookie who you know rookies tend to start slow i think that 
that also was something that probably hamstring you for for your week one outing. Yeah, I, I I don't recall his exact stat line week one, but I don't think he put up monster numbers or anything. No, I mean, I was huge on Brees Hall last year, and there were a lot of places I drafted him, and I sat at week one yeah. outright. And, you know, if I remember right, it was kind of... It wasn't an incredible decision. He didn't fall flat on his face. But when you think about what a rookie football player has to go through leading up to week one... It is ridiculous to expect them to go crazy week one. Like, not only do you have to learn the offense that is 30 times more complicated than anything that you played in high school or college, but you've also been playing football for a solid, like, a year straight, and you're playing against a bunch of professional veterans who have the entire offseason of rest on you. Like, Brees Hall, his college season wrapped up, and the first thing he did was he started prepping for the draft. And then once he got drafted, he went into rookie minicamp. And then he went into regular minicamp. And then preseason. And you just don't stop. And same is true for every single rookie player out there. And so when you're looking the, looking down these guys in a draft, and you're looking down the guys that go after them, that have the full year of rest and know their offense back to front, you got to think about week one. And obviously, we didn't know that in the moment. We had no idea what we were doing. I also drafted a few <laughs> rookies high. No, yeah, I think I was definitely thinking on this draft pick with Brees Hall, thinking more of like projecting out that he's got, you know, he's got a high ceiling, and this is the place where I can maybe, you know, hit on somebody that does well for me, you know, in the future. And this isn't necessarily a week one pick. Well, right. in retrospect, I probably should have been making more <laughs> week one picks here because uh, there was no nothing further than week one for me. Yeah. So I'm not. I'm not mad. I'm not. I don't look back and. I don't think I lost week one because of this pick. It was definitely more of what went on, and mainly in the first couple of rounds. But Yeah, that's totally fair take on it. So are there any other picks that you wanted to highlight? I mean, I'm looking at the rest. You got great value on Tyler Lockett. You got really good value on Dalton Schultz. They both performed very consistently throughout the season. That's something you definitely want to look for. In a, in a guillotine roster, was there anything you wanted to highlight on the way out? Yeah, I think the the final thing that uh, sunk my ship week one, I, I we haven't talked about the quarterback position yet. We haven't. Uh, I waited until round six to draft a quarterback. So at this point, a lot of the top end quarterbacks went actually, you know, right in front of like a couple rounds earlier, but then earlier in round six, I was picking towards the end of round six. Mm-hmm. And Aaron Rodgers, Joe Burrow, Dak Prescott, Tom Brady all go. And before I can pick a quarterback, yikes! And there's still there's still some good options on the board. I not having followed the NFL and not realizing that Matthew Stafford had an arm injury, <laughs> pick Matthew Stafford. Yeah. And uh, I remember his performance week one was very poor it as was. far as fantasy. I mean, you know, I guess it, relative to him playing with a hurt arm, I don't think it should be Probably criticized. Not. But uh, in terms of a fantasy standpoint. Uh, very uh, not not a great quarterback performance week one, and that along with uh, both the Pittsburgh players not really performing as well really mm-hmm. kind of really kind of doomed me. Yep, that'll that'll really do it to you. You know, making sure that the guys who you're picking, especially this early on in the season, they've got to be healthy. You know, they're they're not getting healthier. It's definitely, only going yeah. downhill from here. Definitely right? a mistake I won't make this coming year. I'm mm-hmm. going to check. I think I'll be on every team's injured list and <laughs> looking, looking and seeing who's hurt. Because I'm not trying to draft injured players 
Unless it's like Mahomes. I'll, I'll draft Mahomes if he gets Anytime. some kind of injury. It yeah. doesn't matter. But. No. I mean, you know, we saw him play an entire playoff season with yeah. a sprained ankle, <laughs> no ankle, Super Bowl champion. Anyways, I'll, I'll be done homering for Patrick Mahomes now. Other, other quarterbacks left on the board. Uh, in round seven, Kirk Cousins goes off the board, and that would have been that would that have been would a have really been solid pick. Oh yeah, really good. See, I was looking for I think a value quarterback picking this late, mm-hmm. and I did not find it. Um, also in round eight, Trevor Lawrence goes off the board. Another one I kind of kicking myself for that again. Probably would have been a yeah. better pick than. Uh, to be fair, it was reigning Super Bowl champion Matt Stafford. So, so true. I mean, also in round eight, notable pick Justin Tucker probably could have made quite the. <laughs> quite the save but yeah something that we didn't mention though on the Matt Stafford pick is he played the Bills week one and the Bills had a really strong defense and that's something that people like whenever you're doing a regular redraft fantasy league you do not care about who someone's playing against week one if you're playing in guillotine you kind of want to avoid what you know is going to be a hard matchup like you're never going to be able to project what a matchup is going to be, if it's going to be hard or easy, you can't do that perfectly. But sometimes when you're looking down the barrel of Matt Stafford versus Kirk Cousins, one of them played an elite AFC defense and the other one did not. Something I'll definitely keep in mind this year when I draft because, yeah, I I don't, I don't think you can understate the importance of the week one matchups. If you're Mm -hmm. just, you know, trying to, or at least the early season matchups, maybe not just week one, but you know, week two, week three, week four, when you're going to ride with majority, the majority of the players you're going to ride with are the players you drafted to start. And maybe, maybe once you get beyond this point, you're picking up guys off waiver or you're using your fab to get, you -hmm. know, maybe guys that went undrafted, they're having a really good season or you're coaching players that have been eliminated, but you really have to, you really have to get guys that have, you know, a really solid start to the season to do well in this league, especially, and you won't be spending as much fab if you're doing well to start. And For sure. Yeah, I just did not take that into account. And one, one of the many regrets I have of this, uh, the first iteration of our guillotine league. Hey, the, the first year is a learning year for everyone. So, normally on this show, after the draft, we, um, well, actually, the first thing that we do after the draft is we ask, how did you feel about the draft? And the mo- I know it was a long time ago, but did you feel like, oh, shit, I messed up? Or did you feel like, I can roll with this. I kind of got this. I did I, I did have the feeling of, oh, shit, I messed up. And it was mm-hmm. as soon as I picked Deontay and then realized, oh, I also have, you know, Najee Harris on my roster. So that was not great. And also, I think I was informed after the draft that Matt Stafford had an arm injury. And it was Ooh. like by Travis. And I was like, oh, oh no. Oh, really not great. <laughs> um, so I think at this point I was just like, you know what, whatever, there's there's what, 17 teams in this league. Mm-hmm. I just don't need to go out first. Just can't be and the first one. I feel like I'm smart enough that I can, you know, maybe salvage this and get a few weeks in. I can spend my fab early and get yeah. some players, and you know, maybe that won't win me the league, but it can sure. avoid me the shame of going out week one. <laughs> Nevertheless, <laughs> <laughs> And for the record, I have played more than one fantasy league with Grant, and he's done very well in the other leagues I've played with him. This just wasn't exactly his cup of tea, because it's hard. It's very different. That's why you're listening. It's because you know it's different. You need to be prepared for your league that you're going to convince 17 of your friends to join and then systematically kick their asses. (laughs) 
If you listen to Joe, you're going to kick their ass. 100%. We'll be walking you through it the whole season, the whole way. So, normally on this show, this is the part where we get to your best pickup, your best trade, your worst move. Going to move on. (laughs) We're going to move on to your next steps, actually. So, Grant, because you were the first player eliminated, which is sad, but it's in the past now. And we know what the draft order is for this coming season. It is the reverse order in which you were eliminated, which is what I recommend everyone does for their guillotine league. So technically speaking, you are on the clock. I'm not going to ask you to tell me who exactly you're picking, but who do you have in mind right now? Give me like two or three guys and why they're in it why they're in your mind yeah well i will say i've got to go you know completely the opposite direction i did last year and go for go for best available and i'd say not just maybe best available overall but also best available and considering these things like the early matchups and Mm -hmm. you know considering things i i'd say i'd say since i have the first overall pick i can i can go and pick a running back and you know hopefully get you know the best running back on the board and then maybe, you know, maybe my receiver depth is a little shoddy there. But you assuming I can make it past week one this year, I'm riding with, you know, <laughs> hopefully I hopefully I identify the best or at least one of the top, you know, top three running back in the league and get, mm-hmm. just get him locked on my team the full year. So haven't haven't really given a super big amount of thought to who exactly I'm gonna pick, but yeah. definitely definitely know my mentality looking at the number one overall pick will be different. And I also think I think the draft's challenging because you get that number one overall pick, but then you're sitting until pick, what, 34, 35, something like that? Yeah. No, you, you won't pick again from the number one pick until it hits pick 36, and then you get you go 36, 37. A lot of, so a lot of pressure, I feel like, to really nail that number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. I'd say was it, it was last year. This was a separate league. Not You weren't in it either. This was a, with some hometown friends. Mm-hmm. I had the number one overall pick, and it's like Jonathan Taylor's there. I felt like, you know, I got to pick Jonathan Taylor. He and was so the I consensus did. one, yeah. And, you know, he, he didn't he didn't have a season that was in line with being picked number one overall in the fantasy league. So right. That, and that kind of, along with a bunch of other injuries, that really sunk my uh, fantasy team there. So I, I promise I do have good uh, fantasy teams, but... Uh, <laughs> We're not, we're not talking about him here, so. <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't give me a single name. I like it. It's coy. You're not letting the people know what's up. I will recommend just one thing, and I'll recommend this to you and anyone else who is trying especially hard, not just to survive in a guillotine league, but to outright win it. You have the opportunity to go from worst to first. The way that you do that in a guillotine league is you need to be, you need to have the best player at every position and you've got to build that it's a long process throughout the year the only person who you can draft at the top who is basically guaranteed to be number one at their position is travis kelsey you can check that box at the 101 you can have a distinct advantage over all 17 other teams because like let's say you take christian mccaffrey but then you wait a long time for the rb2 your running back group might be on par with other people who don't have Christian McCaffrey. You don't have that distinct running back advantage that you would like to have. The amount of holes on a roster that Travis Kelsey can cover is enormous. Like you're you're starting from a point that is probably 10 or 15 points better 
than the average starting tight end, especially on an 18-person league. You're going to have people starting rookie tight ends. You're going to have people starting Jawan Johnson praying for a touchdown. <laughs> Zach Ertz, the 33-year-old wonder. Hey, he's, he's done me some favors in the past. No, he has. <laughs> Don't let it be said that Zach Ertz was not an amazing fantasy player for a long time. But that that's the one thing I'll float your way, is that if the goal is to win the whole league, you're going to need Travis Kelsey on your team at one point. I think I think that's extremely valid because I who's tied in two after Travis Kelsey? Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews and I even last year. I mean, it wasn't he wasn't guaranteed putting up these great stat lines every game, mm-hmm. was he? Yeah. I mean, when Lamar was in the lineup, he was doing pretty good. He was at 14, 15 fantasy points per game. Nothing compared to the Travis Kelsey averaging like twenty something. So, I think it's worth considering, and maybe just maybe. You throw a bone to Justin Jefferson, who you absolutely disrespected <laughs> last year by taking Najee Harris. I send pick my over regrets. It. I send my regrets to Justin Jefferson. The, the redemption arc would be immaculate. <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead. We're going to wrap up this episode by talking with Grant about three specific categories of players who he's looking at in guillotine. A sleeper for a guillotine league, a bounce back for a guillotine league, and a Bust for a guillotine league. You've picked out your three. Which one do you want to start with for us? Just start at the top. Start with sleeper. I feel like this is a pretty, you know, lukewarm take. It's not. It's mm-hmm. not boiling. It's not like. It's not a crazy take or anything. But looking at, uh, you know, fantasy rankings, maybe like ten minutes before the show, because I have not paid. I do not pay a lot of attention to the NFL until it starts. <laughs> so uh, take take all my advice. The greatest. The stuff. listeners love the honesty. <laughs> But I saw Jared Goff at quarterback 17 or 18 by by the site I was looking at and kind of blew my mind. He's mm-hmm. got a lot of talent surrounding him. He had, I mean, you know, his tenure with the Am, the with the Rams ended, you know, not as great as it could have, but had, a, I'd say, a very solid first year with Detroit. And that team is only getting better. Yeah. A lot of talent surrounding him. A lot of receivers get the ball. Amon Ross St. Brown, sun god. To the roof. Uh, Jamison Williams, whenever he uh, can get out of his own way and get on a football field, maybe <laughs> stop stop uh, taking Joe's advice and betting on uh, sports, <laughs> something like that. But I I think I think Jared Goff. That's I feel like you know that's not somebody you're going to take at the top of the draft as far as quarterbacks. No, totally. That's one of those, those mid round values where you can pick a Jared Goff and get a, a lot of good mm. value on the quarterback position and not having to you know, spend your second or third round pick on, you know, one of those high value quarterbacks. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and the site that you were looking at, uh, fantasy pros, what they do, it's not fantasy pros rankings, quote unquote, that is the industry consensus okay. ranking. So it's like everyone on ESPN and everyone on Yahoo and everyone on sleeper, all of their ADPs and their experts get combined to aggregate that spot. So you can pretty reliably say, that Jared Goff is going to be the 17th quarterback on off the board. In an 18-person league, that is crazy value, especially in a guillotine format where week one matters like you wouldn't believe. And they play the Chiefs on a Thursday night opening Ooh. of the season. Everyone's watching. You better believe Dan Campbell is going to make them do something crazy. And it will either work and be fantastic for your team... <laughs> Or you get to at least laugh and go down in a blaze of glory. Did forget they were playing the Chiefs week one. Oh yeah, uh, big consideration in a guillotine league. So uh, it, it's very important. I guess if you're taking one. Yeah, if you're taking Jared Goff in a guillotine league, make sure you're solid about all your other picks. 
<laughs> All right, let's move now to your bounce back candidate, Deontay Johnson. What impresses you about Deontay Johnson so much? Yeah, I, I think I just got to. I, I get, first off, I got to go with Deontay Johnson because I got to call back to my uh, the, the last draft. I, I I don't think I think maybe a Deont- Deontay Johnson pick last year with the quarterback situation of Flux maybe not as good. I mm-hmm. think the quarterback situation in Pittsburgh takes a step up this year. Hard to I take also a step think back. yeah, I also think he he was very unlucky. He, you know, in a lot a lot of metrics, he he was getting open. He was performing well, and a lot of this a lot of his mm-hmm. you know fall off and stats from two years ago really I think was kind of a result of mediocre quarterback play, and I, I think that improves this year. Yeah, Kenny Pickett only threw seven passing touchdowns last year. That 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 cannot happen. There's so no way be, that happens. I will be shocked. No, and that that's something that I'll, I'll uh, you know lean towards your stat brain a little bit here. That's something that rookie quarterbacks statistically regress to the mean towards in their second year so incredibly frequently. It's always expected that a rookie quarterback is not going to throw a ton of touchdown passes. It's hard to throw touchdown passes in an NFL red zone, but when they get that full year of development experience, watching film all offseason, training with their guys, that's when it seems to go up a lot. And Deontay Johnson scored zero touchdowns last year, which is fluke. For for someone who had over 100 targets, that's absurd. That never happens. He almost had the NFL record for the most targets in a season without catching a touchdown pass. Hard to see that. Hard to believe seeing that happen for mm-hmm. a second season. No, you're, you've taken enough stat classes to know what statistical regression is. He's got to get back to at least average. If he has an average touchdown rate, he explodes. He's through the roof. So I really like that bounce back call on Deontay Johnson. For your final call, you've got Anthony Richardson as your bust pick for a guillotine fantasy league. Why is that? Well, I mean, you you said it yourself earlier in, earlier in the pot, in the show where uh, when you're picking rookies early, even though I think Anthony Richardson just maybe today or yesterday was announced as the starting quarterback for the mm-hmm. Colts, but you're expecting them to struggle. And that's just, you know, a stand, a standard rookie. This isn't Anthony Richardson who struggled at Florida, which granted is in the SEC, but is a college program. It's very, very much struggled to, you know, complete passes at times. Mm-hmm. Sure. He had the highlight that he had the highlight tail highlight real plays. Oh my goodness. Happens. Can't talk. So excited about how much I don't like Anthony. Richardson. <laughs> but I, I was just so shocked to see him taken. I, I understand he has the tools that remind you of Patrick Mahomes. I understand he can make some freak plays out there. But I think his development process, you know, it's going to take so long. I'm not saying he can't be a good quarterback. I'm saying I don't expect to see it even later in the season. I don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't think you can put him in your fantasy lineup and expect him to consistently get you, like, very good quarterback, you know, stat mm-hmm. lines. I, I I would be shocked. I know he plays in the AFC, AFC South, but... I would be shocked. I would be shocked to see it this year. Maybe, maybe two, three years. I think you let him develop. He could yeah. be a very good quarterback. I do not see it this year. I think that's a pretty reasonable call, especially given Week One they're playing against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who probably have the most underrated secondary in the league. I think they've got a great pass rush cooking over there too, and for a guy who's you know he played behind a Florida offensive line that was. Functional. It wasn't leaking guys through all the time. It wasn't Mizzou's. <laughs> it was not the University of Missouri offensive line. If We're getting can... better this year. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, 
I've heard that for four years now. <laughs> the only thing I would maybe want to push back on is Anthony Richardson's head coach was the offensive coordinator for Jalen Hurts last year. I can really see Anthony Richardson as athletic as he is and as bad as he is at throwing the football. I can see him taking off and running a lot. That's fair. That's completely fair. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I also, I don't think that's enough. I don't think that's mm. enough. I, it's a quarterback position. He's still got to put up points passing. I mean, especially when these NFL defenses key in on him, him running the ball, yep. you're going to force him to make a throw eventually to beat him with your arm. And at least in the early season, probably not towards the end of the season anyway, either. I don't think he's doing it. Scorching hot. <laughs> Firing off against Anthony Richardson. You and Travis Jones should have a talk about that. I think you have. <laughs> you know, I'll go back home. I'll go back to the apartment. Yeah. And I'll talk to Travis You, you let him know. You tell him, hey, your second favorite quarterback sucks. <laughs> Speaking of people sucking, we're at the end of this show where I like to give my guests the opportunity to portray their closing thoughts and any call-outs to people in the league, people not in the league. Say what, speak your mind. Yeah, I'm I'm not going to be super spicy here. I'm just going to call out myself a mm-hmm. year ago for a very, very bad draft. <laughs> on and we're gonna bounce back this yeah Um, we're gonna uh obviously listen to what joe's telling me on this podcast today uh pay a little more attention to the nfl before uh, we go into the draft get a couple other drafts under my belt um and we we are not going out week one not going out week one is that (laughs) a (laughs) is that a guarantee not going out week one i hesitate to guarantee because i feel like i'm exactly the type of person that would have something like this happen and go out <laughs> twice in a row. And I think if that happens, I'm just quitting. Like, I'm, yeah. I, I don't think I can ever recover from being the guy that went out twice in a row week one. So, uh, honestly, I'm going to I'm gonna be thinking about, you know, future season kind of like bets when I'm making these drafts and everything. But at the end of the day, I just don't want to go out week mm-hmm. one. I, a lot of my draft picks are going to be focused on getting value early in the season so yeah. I can survive. And then kind of going to be a little difficult to learn on the fly with uh, Fab and spending that money as far sure, as yeah, you, players. Yeah, you don't have the you don't have the experience with that just yet. But I listened you, I listened to Travis complain about it for <laughs> 17 weeks or however long he was in. So That's pretty fair. <laughs> well, thank you very much for coming on the show. We definitely appreciate having you on. It's not every day that I get to interview someone who works for an actual professional sports team so i appreciate you giving your time and with that we'll be signing off thank you all very much for listening have a good day